Today's episode is sponsored by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BrainsOn. Just go to Indeed.com slash BrainsOn right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BrainsOn. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Brains On from NPR News and Southern California Public Radio. We're serious about being curious. I'm Molly Bloom. Allow me to introduce you to a few friends. That's the humpback whale. Beautiful song, right? Oh, and that's the North Atlantic right whale and his up call. Hear how it goes up at the end? And this whistling, squawking, snapping is courtesy of the orca, also known as the killer whale. Most of us don't get to hear these sounds because we're not underwater. But thanks to scientists who record them, we get to know these marine mammals in ways that would not be possible otherwise. Heather Heenahan is one of these scientists. I work up in Woods Hole, Massachusetts, and I study uh, marine animals, including whales and dolphins and fish, using sound. And Heather is here today to help us answer your questions about whales. Let's start by diving into this one from Maria in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. She writes... I recently heard that whales don't have vocal cords. If that is true, then how do they make sounds? First, we need to do a little defining about what we mean when we talk about whales. There are two types of whales, baleen whales and toothed whales. Baleen whales include the humpback, right whale, and blue whale. Instead of teeth, these whales have baleen, which kind of looks like a scrub brush crossed with a fine tooth comb. The baleen filters out water, but allows tiny prey to sneak through so the whale can get a meal on the move. Then there are the toothed whales. Like the name says, they have teeth. Toothed whales include orcas, sperm whales, belugas, and dolphins. Yes, dolphins are a kind of whale. It blew my mind when Heather told me that. So now that we have the whales sorted, back to Maria's question. How do whales make sound? And that's actually a question we've been thinking about and asking for quite some time and something that we still don't know a lot about. But here's what we do know. Whales do not have vocal cords like we do, but the way they make sound is similar. In humans, air moves over our vocal cords, which vibrate and make different sounds based on the tension and shape that they're in. Toothed whales also move air, but not over vocal cords. They move the air through their blowholes. They have phonic lips inside the blowhole that vibrate when air passes over them. Baleen whales, on the other hand, use their larynx to make sounds like we do. And while they don't have vocal cords exactly, they have something called a U-fold, which is similar to our vocal cords. The U-fold is attached to a sac that is used to move air over the fold. But here's why we don't know a lot about the way whales make noises. One, because of their size. 
too, because they live underwater. You can't just hop on a whale's back with body scanning machines waiting for them to make a noise. You can record the sounds, but it's hard to see what's actually happening with the whale's anatomy. So on to the next question. Hi, I'm Houston Lovett, and I'm from Slow, Texas. And my question is, how do humpback whales communicate? That's an excellent question. And the sounds that humpback whales make and other marine mammals make, they're not just for fun. They're very important. Whales and dolphins rely pretty heavily on sound to communicate with each other. Sound travels fast and it travels far in the ocean and it does a lot better in water than it does in air. So they use, collectively use sound um, to find each other, to find their prey, find their way around. The nice thing about using sound to communicate is that it works when sight doesn't. They can call out um, and listen when it's nighttime, when water's murky. The clicks produced by toothed whales are used for echolocation. They send out sound, it bounces off of something, and then the echo coming back tells them something about what it is, where it is, and they use it to navigate, to find their food. The echo doesn't come through their ear. It actually comes through their jaw, and they're, they're not actually using their ear to receive the sounds like we do. They don't have external you know, flaps like we do to, that help us focus the sound and listen in. Um, but they're actually receiving the sounds through, through their jaws. The other sounds are mostly social, and they vary between species. We don't know what all the calls mean, but scientists have found that bottlenose dolphins make signature whistles. And these whistles are basically like their name. And it would be really annoying if I walked around saying, Heather, 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 but it's kind of like they do that. And so they have a whistle that means, sort of means Heather. And then that way, if I came across another dolphin, I could do my signature whistle. They would know it's me. And maybe they would mimic my signature whistle, and that would sort of acknowledge that I was there, kind of like handshake. So we do know that dolphins have signature whistles, and we know that they do convey information through these whistles. But we definitely can't go from, you know, this whistle means shark, or this one means fish. Uh, but they, we know that, that they're definitely conveying information through those whistles. And those humpback whale songs are mostly made by males and are likely used to attract a mate. We'll be back with more about whales in just a bit, but first I need you to use your ear flaps to decode something for me. It's time for the mystery sound. Here it is. Any guesses? We'll be back with the answer later in the show. Are you a fan of Brains On? If you are, consider leaving a review for the show in iTunes. It really does help other kids and parents find out about the show. You can also keep up with us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Brains underscore on, and we're on Facebook, too. And if you've listened to Brains On before, you know this show is powered by our listeners. All of our shows are inspired by questions and topics from you, and we also love seeing your drawings, hearing your mystery sounds, and receiving your high fives. 
So to say thank you to all of you who keep this show going with your energy and ideas, we started the Brains Honor Roll to give all of you a shout out. If you've written to us, we will get to you, we promise. But we're hearing from so many of you and it's awesome. But because of that, there's a bit of a wait. So thank you for your patience. Without further ado, here's the most recent group to be added to the Brains Honor Roll. Ava from San Diego, Delilah from Clarksdale, Mississippi, Eleanor from Minneapolis, Avery from Belmar, New Jersey, Rhea from Toronto, Rowan and Reese from Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, Benjamin, Claire, and Aaron from Sandy, Utah, Jaden, Anna, and Ryan from Maple Valley, Washington, Lila from Wynwood, Pennsylvania, Thomas and Sarah from Littleton, Colorado, Ella, Gwen, and Claire from Cleveland, Atticus from Swarthmore, Pennsylvania, Josephine from Crystal, Minnesota, Simon from Bothell, Washington, Harry and Livy from Portland, Oregon, Maddie from Mons, Belgium, Sebastian from LA, Beatrix from Georgetown, Texas, Riley from San Diego, Zeke from Bozeman, Montana, Flash and Lotus from West Orange, New Jersey, Myra Jean from LA, Matthias from New York, Charlotte from Portland, Oregon, Sabine from Seattle, Jack from Vancouver, Kobe from Philadelphia, Dahlia and Shay from Santa Cruz, Priya and Asha from Carmichael, California, Tomas from Austin, Texas, Alexis from Littleton, Colorado, Lou and Isidro from Detroit, Edward and Arthur from Radville, Saskatchewan, Eliana from Portland, Oregon, Alex from Conifer, Colorado, Micah from Denver, and Jonathan and Emerson from Oak Park, Illinois. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. Today's episode is sponsored by Sitka Seafood Market. Seafood is a great source of long-chain omega-3 fatty acids, which can support heart health. Salmon is one of my favorite foods, and so it's so delightful when a box of amazing quality, beautiful salmon arrives at my door. Sitka Seafood Market sources from small boat fishermen and community-based processors that take great care to provide the highest quality seafood that is wild-caught, sustainably, and ethically harvested. And one of the best parts is Sitka Seafood Market offers a variety of flexible subscriptions that can come monthly or every other month. It's super convenient, so if you're going on vacation, you can pause or you can cancel any time. I know you'll love it as much as I do. Go to SitkaSeafoodMarket.com and use code MOLLY35 for $35 off your first order of $100 or more. That's SitkaSeafoodMarket.com, promo code MOLLY35 for $35 off your first order of $100 or more. That's SitkaSeafoodMarket.com. Now back to the whales. I've been holding my breath in anticipation of this question. My name is Jillian. My name is Phoebe. We're from West Sacramento, California. Yeah. And we want to know how whales stay underwater very long. This is a good question, and it's also an excellent time to remember that whales are mammals, just like us. They can't breathe underwater like fish can. They need to breathe oxygen from the air like we do. So how are sperm whales, for example, able to stay underwater for an hour and a half at a time? Heather says it's almost as if whales use scuba tanks. So the first thing is the size of the scuba tank, and the second is how you take the air out of that tank. 
they have big scuba tanks that they take down with them. And that oxygen is not only in their lungs, but also in their blood and their muscles. And blood and muscles can hold a lot of oxygen. So that makes their scuba tanks really, really big. And they're really good at efficiently taking the air out and getting the most out of you know the oxygen that they've got. So they do things like they slow down their heart rate, they prioritize where oxygenated blood is going. So you can imagine that would prioritize brain and heart. But they do run out of oxygen and eventually have to come to the surface and replenish their tanks. The location of their blowhole, however, makes this pretty easy. So the blowholes, they use them like our noses for breathing, except their noses have moved to the back of their heads. And That's convenient because then they only have to put the top part of the back of their head out of the water and they can breathe. So they can sort of keep moving and breathing and quickly inhale and exhale and dive again without needing to bring their entire heads out of the water. It makes it much more efficient. And the blowholes close and open pretty quickly. If you go swimming and you use a nose plug so you don't get water up your nose, um, the blowholes act like a sort of a permanent nose plug. Toothed whales have a single blowhole on the back of their head, but baleen whales have two. They're right next to each other, so it even looks like nostrils for those whales. But this might not be what you're used to seeing in cartoons and drawings. The whale in Finding Nemo has one blowhole, but it's a, it's a big baleen whale. It should have two. You know how Marlin and Dory come out of the blowhole? That can really happen because they would have gone right to the stomach. There's a couple of things about Finding Nemo, and I love it. It's my favorite movie. But there, there's some things. There's some things. Some other things. Mm-hmm. Heather loves studying marine mammals because scientists are always learning new things about them. Before August of this year, I would have said that dolphins and whales use their nose for breathing and their mouth for eating and don't use their mouths for breathing. But then scientists discovered a mouth-breathing dolphin in New Zealand. And so never say never. So we're, we're learning new things about sounds that these animals are making, probably could say every day. And we're coming closer to figuring out how they're making their sounds and what types of anatomy and physiology they have to, to make them. And speaking of nostrils and breathing that's a clue. I think we should get back to that mystery sound. Let's hear it one more time. Here's Ellery and her mom, Sarah, with the answer. I recorded this when my dad was asleep. He snores a lot. I think it's funny. Does anyone else in your family snore? Both of my grandpas and one of my grannies and maybe my great-granny. My mom does a little bit. No! <laughs> what does it sound like? It sounds like a little panda. <laughs> Pounding the paws on a ice cube. Very soft. That's it.
it for this episode of Brains On. If you have a mystery sound you'd like to share with us or a question or a drawing, you can send them to us anytime at brainson at m as in Minnesota, pr.org. You can also head to our website, brainson.org, to find our mailing address. And while you're there, you can listen to all our past episodes and sign up for our newsletter. We'll be back soon with the epic fire versus lasers debate. Thanks for listening.